have no more surprises. We've always been here. But please, feel free. Explore. We have eternity to know your flesh. Greetings, welcome to Cult Following, your podcast source for all things horror, genre, and beyond, here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. You might call us explorers in the further reaches of experience, demons to some, angels to others. I'm Victor Marino, one of the three Cenobites here to take you on a tour of Devilish Delights, along with Kirby Nelson and Adam Rakowski. Meow. So, this is our 46th episode, you guys, and we're excited as we make our gallant long march to 50. 50, you guys. But we're also excited because it's October, the season of merriment, devilish delights, and all sorts of tomfoolery in the horror realm and we're going to talk about some of our favorite halloween stuff but we've also been super busy lately traveling around the southwest incur- learning more and more about what we like as we've gone to florida california we've gone to beyond fest and we're going to talk all about that today so adam just got back from his vacation he can kick us off a little bit i was in hurricane matthew oh so here's how the story goes. We set up this family vacation a year ago mm-hmm. when we had to use up my dad's uh, uh, hotel Marriott points because he had way too many and they were going to expire. So if we didn't use them. And so then the collective us at one point said, hey, why don't we see if we can all go to like Disney World or something or right. whatever. So we booked, you know, books. Booked the hotel, the tickets, everything was all set. And about, well, the night before, my dad, it was either my dad or my mom contacted me and said, you know, how do you feel about this Hurricane Matthew that's uh, supposed to hit uh, the coast of Florida? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I don't, you know, I don't really pay attention to anything that's really going on in the world. Yeah, that's sort of my... So I didn't know what was going on. I mean, that's like way over there and... That might as well be Mars. I probably checked like a week ago to see what, a week before we were leaving to see what the weather was going to be like. And they, you know, it didn't say anything different. It said it'd be like, you know, mid 80s, you know, Mm -hmm. during the day. I was just wondering how I should pack. Right. So uh, when I kind of looked at it, you know, it was, it was going through Cuba and all that stuff and, and Haiti and just wiping them out and... Uh, it wasn't going to hit kind of like up in near like Orlando-ish area until I think they were saying like Wednesday night, Thursday night, maybe somewhere around there because it's totally unpredictable. Uh, we got in. Oh, I, I said, I'm going to go. Anne said she wanted to go. So then my mom said she would go. My dad was already set to go. My sister and her family were coming later. Anyways, we went on Wednesday no problems whatsoever. I don't even think it was even raining outside. It was, I don't even think it was overcast. And Thursday, they canceled all the flights that were coming in or going out. 
airports were closed. They were expecting this thing to hit, but it actually didn't happen until like Friday, uh-huh. th- late, late, late Thursday night, and into into like mid afternoon Friday. And it wasn't really as bad as a, a tornado. Not even it wasn't even like a tornado in Minnesota uh-huh. that I've experienced before. Uh, it was kind of just the winds were like the monsoons here. You just oh, get the trees kind of moving yeah. back and forth. Um, didn't get as, you know, like brown and dark and whatever uh, as far as blocking out the sky with all the sand. But uh, you just kind of sat in the hotel room and hoped for the best. Oh. But it didn't even, nothing like shook or, I mean, it wasn't really anything. How long were you cooped up in there? <sighs> Thir- well, thir- Thursday and Friday. Wednesday, we went out to eat. We didn't go to any of the parks. We went to uh, City Walk uh-huh. at Universal, I think, on maybe like Thursday afternoon, Thursday uh-huh. morning. Uh, but we didn't get to the park parks, the real deal, until Saturday. Oh, well, at least that didn't, they didn't close. So we got like down. four days. Yeah. In. Well, because nothing happened. Yeah. So, not, I mean, on the coast, it was terrible. If we were, if we were on the coast, yeah. Where, Waters were rising and stuff was being knocked over and people were evacuating. I I wouldn't have gone there. Uh, Tempe or not Tempe? Hello, Tampa lucked mm-hmm. out. I know I have a couple friends in Tampa. I have a few friends in that are in Florida, and I have one friend who's actually like right on the coast. Uh, but luckily, he was in Minnesota at the time, so I'm sure he'll he'll go back to Florida and find out what happened. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I was very disappointed with Epcot. Really? I wanted that's why I wanted to go to Disney World this time. Last time we were there, like 15, 20 years ago, uh, we only got like our foot in Epcot and said, Wow, this is really big. It'd be nice to come back and go through See, it. I've, I've never been to Disney World, so I don't really yeah, understand. Is Epcot like it's like its own land or is it the whole thing? Disney World has, I believe five different parks uh-huh that all cost you know like 105 dollars a person oh so you have to pay like 500 bucks to go there if you want to go to all five parks oh i'm sure there's a little bit of a discount wow, if you get like the crazy. whole thing well and everything yeah. though i mean you just went to disney land i know they raised their prices that uh, not really but, I mean, it, but that's but a different only, thing I'm but you kidding. only went to disneyland though right no well, yeah california adventures like a rip off so i don't go to that because i'm not into those kind of rides but. well and then they took out the tower of terror no too, that's so. still going on till january yeah. till january i know it's going out though right because it's going to become it's going to uh, be guardians of the galaxy that's it so they're mm-hmm. they're kind of re- they're probably just retooling the Look. whatever the, yeah Sorry. Holographic whatever's diddly dops. But the one in Florida is still going to be the same. It's yeah, the that's not going to change. Uh, which I went on and I, I, I grabbed Ann and I said, we're going on this. And she almost ripped my arm off. She was screaming the whole time. I was too. I was smiling so hard at the end of that. I love mm-hmm. that ride. Uh, so I was, I was glad to kind of have a last hurrah because I don't think I'm going to go back to Florida. I don't think I'm going to go back to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Epcot is just uh, a bunch of restaurants that go around in a big loop, basically. So it's kind of like downtown Disney. Uh, yes and no because they do the like the international thing where it'll be Spain – New Zealand, blah, 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 China, Japan. And I thought it would be more 
cultural, almost like how Universal does it, where they'll Universal will have like the Marvel characters like in uniform and walking around, or like Magic Kingdom with yeah uh, Pluto and and Mickey Mouse and in the costumes. I thought Epcot would be not cartoony, but more for adults, and would have within those maybe one or two blocks of each nation mm-hmm. would have people like in the streets, like they'd be doing, you know, something like, you know, like the day of the dead, cultural. something that's native oh, yeah. cultural sort of thing. But they didn't. Mm. I always thought was a Epcot bummer. was kind of like the, um, you know, kind of like you go to the fair and was all the exhibit, like an exhibit heavy. Mm. Yeah. No. environment i nope. guess is the best way i always described it is, is that that's the way i always thought it was like you kind of said something more for adults right and that's what i was looking forward to mm-hmm. like learning something but i didn't really learn anything i'm yeah. like oh is this what europe looks like i don't know i've never been there but i okay mm. oh i can buy uh some guinness stuff or jameson shirts or something Jeez, it's almost like las vegas and you might as well have gone to like the mgm grand or something yes yes so that was disappointing because we spent you know, one of our day tickets at Epcot, and then the other one was at um, the Hollywood Disney in Florida, and that was better, but they didn't do the whole Halloween get-up thing. That was reserved for Magic Kingdom. Oh, so you didn't go so, to the Magic Kingdom? No. Oh. So that's why I was pissed that I, I wish we wouldn't have gone to Epcot in yeah. hindsight. I would have gone to Magic Kingdom and uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Hmm. That's good to know. I thought it was like, you know, like going to Disneyland where like, oh, let's go to Fantasyland or let's go to the, you know, Tomorrowland. Well, you could, but you got to pay But you have to pay. See, that's, I guess when Michael Eisner was running Disney, that's when they started doing that stuff. And they were going to do that in Disneyland. That's why California Adventure costs extra money. Right. But Star Wars Land isn't going to be like that. It's just going to be part of Disneyland. Oh, Disneyland. Okay, yeah. yeah. Did you do the um, you did Universal as well, right? Yes, and Universal has two parks that you have to pay separately for. And so is Harry Potter completely separate, or is that part of the? You have Universal Island Adventures, and then you have the Universal. Studios Park. The original. And that's where Harry Potter is. In in the Universal Park, Studios Park, that's where they have Diagon Alley. In Island Adventures, that's where they have Hogsmeade and the school. Oh, so to go to it, you have to go to both If you want to experience both, you have to pay $105 a person. You motherfuckers. Uh, times two. So $210. That's a rip. That put me off ever going to Walt Disney World. Well, I, I did um, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights for the first time. Now I've done... I, I did, haven't gone to that either. And that's a separate thing. Yeah, and that's a separate yeah. thing too. That was another so $105. I did that, that just for that one. And um, I'd been to Universal Studios when I was a kid in 92 and then my brother won a trip through his company because he's uh, really good at his job, amazing hard worker, best dude ever. And he was nice enough to let me go. And I'm really glad he did because back then it sucked too because it was that um, phase where they were changing up. Like it still had um, Terminator 
and Backdraft and a lot of the stuff <laughs> wow. from the early to mid nineties. That's probably when they had all that stuff when I went. There. I went yeah. there like when King Kong was new, and that's not even there anymore. Yeah, and then they had the. Um, that was when they were building the Simpsons ride, which I did get to go on. Uh, that was see, that was the only thing that was a plus to Halloween Horror Nights was Simpsons, uh, Jurassic Park, Mummy, and uh, Transformers were all included in your oh. Halloween Horror Nights. Cool. And since everyone was there for Halloween Horror Nights, like I, of course, care no- really nothing for Transformers. It wasn't a bad little ride, but I only waited seven minutes in the mm-hmm. line. So that was a huge plus. Because the Halloween Horror Nights, because I didn't pay for the Fast Pass or whatever, um, I waited in line for three of them. I think it was Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, and Freddy versus Jason. I think we're an hour and a half each. Jeez. I was there from 7 p.m. when they opened till 2 a.m. when they closed. Mostly waiting in line. Just to get my money's worth, yeah. So can you, for people who haven't been to uh, Halloween Horror Nights, can you describe what these... They're, what are they like mazes? It's, it's, no, it's like themed haunts. So it's like you would go. So because Universal acquires either with their own or have their own licenses, they can design a haunt. So a haunt is you know a haunted house, but it's yeah, it can sometimes have like a maze like element. But for the most part, it's just a straight walk through through scenes from the film. So this they usually have ones. Walking Dead is permanent. I don't know about in Florida, but it is in L.A. And then in um, they have uh, this year, like the new ones where I went because The Exorcist is my favorite film. Mm-hmm. And Adam was awesome enough to get me an Exorcist print, official Halloween Horror Nights, uh, and also a cool Kodos pin. You get those. Um, you know, they had that. The Exorcist was the, the new one. Krampus, which was, of course, probably not going to be there next year. No. So I did the ones that I didn't think were going to be there next year. The Exorcist, I know they only did because of the television show. They didn't do it based on the movie. Oh, sure. And then they did um, – I went to Frey versus Jason, and then I did Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, American Horror Story was three hours long. Um, and now for those who have ne- – and then um, I didn't do The Walking Dead because it was year-round. So it was okay. And that was also like a two-hour wait even. But the big thing is if you've never been to Universal Studios Hollywood, it's an upper and a lower lot. Yeah. So you come out it's of parking, insane. which by the way you pay another twenty bucks for yeah. if you're driving. So on top of your feet, and I got the that's pretty standard. Yeah, it costs like like I think it costs like eighteen dollars to park at Disneyland. Disneyland yeah. yeah, what? But at least Disneyland lets you bring in food and drink. Yes, Universal Studios won't even let you bring in a sealed bottle of water. Mm. Um, thankfully, I mean I bought like a Sprite, and I think it was only, it was about three dollars. So you're looking around airport prices. It's not the worst I ever spent since to go to a gas station. I pay a buck eighty for a bottle of soda or whatever. Mm. But um, you know, you go there and and yeah, what you really are is paying to wait in line. And if you want to spend, I got the early bird ticket, which was seventy five dollars. That's plus, a good deal. Plus eighteen for part. Yeah, it ended up being a better deal. But um, the fast pass, you know, you pay like double. You pay one sixty, I think it is, and um, you can only go jump it once. Yeah, it's but, just like the Disney fast pass. Yeah, but you could reasonably do all the rides plus all the other attractions. I mean, the first few hours, um, without any kind of worry or concern, and you could still wait in line and go to them again. Um, but they're all just, you know, uh, probably. Three to five minutes max in each of them. And um, I will say the Krumpus one was pretty good. I mean, really effective exteriors and interiors. Uh, the Exorcist one, of course, being my favorite film, was very fun and enjoyable. 
Uh, Freddy vs. Jason was good. Texas Chainsaw was okay. And Halloween, the only thing I loved about it was it the introduction, the first couple rooms and the exterior were more based around the first film, but they really dedicated to the second film. So it was like the, a hospital? Yeah, they had the hospital part, the uh, the hot tub scene, and those were awesome. It was definitely worth the wait on those. But, um, you know, I don't go in. How to, long does it take to go through the maze? Yeah, uh, I, I think I said like two to four minutes maybe. Mm. So, yeah, you're waiting an hour and a half to go two to four minutes. But, you know, um, I'm not a big haunt person. It's not my number one, like, interest or hobby. Yeah. But I was driving all the way out. I was driving. I usually fly to L.A. So, it was, you know, I was like, ah, I'm going to take the do tour. I had time and I did it. And it was fun. It was, um, it, but it kind of like the way you said it. It's like, I wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, unless I think I had a lot of money, uh, a lot more money or something, and it, they really changed up the um, themes, the different uh, properties, then maybe I'd think about it. But it have to be a fast yeah. pass. Well, the one I, the thing I was interested by is uh, we, we went out to L.A. too, and we went to uh, Disneyland. We went last year too for Halloween. This year – we did uh, this thing that have going on there called Mickey's Halloween Party, which I think the tickets are like ninety something dollars, or might be more than that, because it costs like a hundred something dollars to get into Disneyland. But here's the cool thing: if you get the tickets for this uh, Mickey's Halloween Party, it's supposed to be at night, and they stay open like extra late till like eleven at night. Um, you can get there, and they let you in three hours before it starts at six. So basically, you can if you have the tickets for the Halloween party, you show up at three. You can basically spend a whole day at Disneyland on this extra ticket, or you could have bought an extra ticket for Disneyland and get there at nine in the morning. The cool thing about the Mickey's Halloween party is at six they start kicking everybody who doesn't have the wristband out of the park, and they have like security people to different lands. Like they'll look, oh no, you have to walk this way, and they'll walk people out of there. The cool thing about that is when we got in there, you know, at first we're like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, because there's no fast pass during the special event. So we all went to uh, Space Mountain, which I think it's called Ghost Galaxy. They make it up kind of like a, you know, demonic spacecraft thing. I'm not a big fan of Space Mountain. I don't like roller coaster rides at all. But, you know, I was like a good sport about it. And everybody else is pretty cool. We got in there in line. We were waiting about a half an hour. And then we realized we had looped right back to where we started in line because some little kid had fucked with the chains. <laughs> and I was, like, ready to kill somebody. Oh. I was so mad. Everybody had to calm me down, and thankfully I wasn't too much of a tool by the end of it. But, like, they the they had to bring all – like, there were, like, five or six different people who were walking up and down the lines trying to figure out where it fucked up so they could oh, fix my it. God. And it took us, I want to say, about two hours to get on Space Mountain, which by the end, it wasn't too bad. But if they had made us start the line over, I w- they looped us back into where we should have been. But it was just, how the hell does that happen? You know what I'm saying? Wow. But the ride itself is like, you know, the, it has really intense lights and it's just like, and it's like, you know, it's like a five or six minute ride. It's pretty cool. I wouldn't go on it again. Yeah. But at the very least, it was just cool. To, you know, 
the picture they took, my, like my eyes are like, ah, like this. And everybody else's are wide open. It's really funny. Yeah, they seem to time that really well. Even like if you try to play it cool, like, oh, I know where the camera is going to be. The same thing with the Tower of Terror. Yeah. You know, I was like, Ey! yeah. Well, the ones that always blow me away are the people who do the Splash Mountain, like playing chess. I'm yeah. like, yeah. dude, I, I got to give you respect because I have no idea. When I do it, I mean, I just have my eyes open like, yeah, or something. Yeah. I mean, I have some plenty of the closed eye thing like you're talking about. Ian, it's never perfect, but I'm just like, man, you guys must be like pros to be able to yeah. do this. Like, Well, I think if you like a ride enough, you could do that. Like, Because, for example, um, after we did that ride, you know, they were kicking people out. So we got on Pirates of the Caribbean because that was a good t- chance to get on it. There was like a 10-minute wait. The one downside, and this is an overall downside at Disney, which it's good on some rides or bad on others, is they'll ride the rides, you know – until they break down, then you have to wait. They don't, like, really meet it out. So we got on Pirates of the Caribbean, and it was, like, in the middle of having a breakdown when we got on. Because as soon as we got on, like, the tracks were like, eh, 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 eh. and the back, we were sitting in the back, and the whole back seat was filled up with water. So, like, we were sitting in a pool of, like, about a water that was, like, maybe, like, eight inches and this was like right at the beginning when they had the first drops the whole time. And by the time I got out, I had to go into um, you know, the bathroom right by the haunted mansion. Like literally, my shorts were like soaked. I had to like uh, bring them out. And yeah, eventually, this the- was a very wet trip for you, man. That's like your second incident <laughs> yeah. that I heard about. And then, uh, and then basically after that, you know, we went to Indiana Jones, and uh, that's such a good ride. I love that ride. We got on there, very bumpy. It's really bumpy, but it's cool. It like, is cool. Yeah. That one was broken when I went about a year and a half ago. It was um, that, like, where you talk about that, what mm-hmm. sucks, the waiting. Yeah. It was like, whenever the park was about to close, they opened it for, like, like a half hour, hour before. Yeah. I had to rush and do it because it was like. The funny thing about that, right, is if it says 25 minutes on the wait, that means it's a 10-minute ride because it takes 10 minutes to walk to the ride. Because you have to go all the way down into the, you know, and it's it's yeah. a cool thing. But, like, really, it's anytime you see 20, this is a pro tip. 25 minutes really means it's a 10-minute wait. So you saw 25, we walked down there, waited in line for 10 minutes, got on. It was super fun. Then we came out the side exit on the left, which we usually don't come out of. And we're coming down. We realized there's no wait for this ride. There must have – the parade was going on or something. Oh, gotcha. So we just hopped the line and, you know, hopped the rail and just got right back on the ride again. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing to do at oh, Disneyland. Yeah. So we got on it again, and it was just as good. That's just a great ride. And then we got on the Haunted Mansion holiday three times this nice. trip, too. We did. I think we did it last time, too, where we got on it two or three times. But that's, like, my favorite ride yeah. at Disneyland. Yeah, that's why I'm bummed that we missed all that. But uh, but we're so close to Disneyland. Yeah. That, you, know, you know what shocked me there. the last time when I went to Disneyland was how good Big Mountain Thunder Railroad was. Thunder Mountain Railroad? Or Thunder Mountain Railroad. I ran that, did that thing like five or six times because the wait was so short. It was awesome. (laughs) There was a huge wait for it, but I'll get into why that is in a minute. But the thing I think is really cool. That fucking kid? (laughs) No. The thing that's really cool about Disney, and this is why I don't mind going on there every year, is they don't really need to improve like the Haunted Mansion holiday, Mm -hmm. but they keep adding new things to it. Like this year, they added a, li- a life-size uh, uh, Sally 
um, animatronic figure that's mooning Christmas Jack in, across the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And she's like blinking like right – you know, when you pass her about, she's just like blinking and it's like the lights – the effects they do on them are really cool. And she looks like totally real just like Jack does. Yeah. And they change the ghosts in the graveyard. So like it has a hitchhiking ghost, but they look like they're made of like um, ectoplasm. It looks like really weirdly realistic if you know what I mean. Yeah. And just like that's just a fun ride, and it broke. We broke down. This is the upside of rides breaking down. We broke down right in front of the uh, dinner scene. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we and we were broken down there for almost ten minutes. So we got to pay attention to like every little detail. And there's like things going on there I never noticed before, like the reindeer that comes out every few minutes, just like two or three times while we were there for ten minutes through the window. All these little details, and it's just now, like have, super fun. There was one time that we went through, and the ride actually broke, mm-hmm. and they had to turn on the lights. Have you oh, ever seen it wow. with the lights on? No. Really polarizing. Yeah, because they have all the black light effects in there. Yeah, yeah. so it it goes – it's like pulling the veil off and, yeah. and revealing just how – Oh, I was gonna make a, a a comparison to something in Minneapolis. Well, did you did you go to Seventh Street Entry or did you just go to First Avenue? Uh, I think we just drove by. We didn't we just drove go by. You didn't there. go inside. Yeah. Uh, for my Minnesota friends, that's the best way I can describe it. When they turn on the lights in First Avenue, you just see all the cabling, but it's always so dark in there. Everything's all painted black uh, or dark gray. There's kind of like shades of of black. And grays, uh, you wouldn't even know. It's almost like a warehouse yeah. kind of thing, you know, because they don't have to do as much beyond when the lights are down. Mm-hmm. I mean, why well, would Well, if you, you've know? been it's- on the Alice in Wonderland ride, it does the same kind of black light thing to make the graphics look more animated, right. if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But there's a part of that ride right before you – when I think when the Red Queen is chasing, it's like, off oh, with their head, where you go through that part during broad daylight, and then you go right back into the ride, and it closes. But natural light gets in oh, there yeah, yeah. before it becomes that black light again. And that's when it looks like off. Like, oh, now it looks kind of like a country – like a state fair ride for like a couple oh, sure, seconds. Yeah. So I imagine it would probably be something like that. That's that's a better analogy. Yeah. Like one of those state fair things where you see like the big – front and then it's like yeah. oh you know go through the train of death and yeah. then you hop on the train and then you go through the curtain and it's just like dirt yeah and then you see all the little crappy the other know, thing scaffolding we, the other thing we noticed on the haunted mansion this year from last year is that that little vampire character from nightmare before christmas do you know who i'm talking about it yeah kind of like a kitty yeah, yeah. um he must be really popular because here's the thing a lot of the fan of that movie kind of you know I, that was a little after my time, you know. I didn't watch that movie; it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. He's all over that ride. They added him like seven or eight times throughout the ride. He's right at the beginning, and he's like a little thing you have to keep looking for. Like, man, he must be really popular because they just added him like five or six more times hmm. through the ride. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. The um, I mean, like I said, the Disneyland was fun. The respective also, you know, like uh, even with the Universal Studios, at least gained new stuff I'd never been to. Like I did, I mean, I did everything at both California Adventure and Disneyland when I went, because uh, so much of it, like you know, they had new stuff, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that was all new. That's a fun and, ride. Yeah, and it was like um, that was a movie. I mean, I would have killed for that as a kid because that was one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. 
Uh, and I still love it. But, you know, just kind of interesting stuff. Like, I mean, um, the only thing I, I don't – you know, the one I remember the most when I was a kid was the Matterhorn was yeah. the, the big one I remember. I remember that in Space Mountain because they both scared the shit out of me. The Matterhorn is crazy. Like, the last time I've been on that was like maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years exactly pretty much. But the way it's set up, I mean, even with the – Stalactites, the way they they do the depth of it looks like they're gonna hit you right when yeah. you're going through it. Yeah, there's it's it's enjoyable and stuff. Like I said, with the the Halloween Horror Nights and stuff, and I did forget. Oh, the um, like I was saying, with the upper and lower levels, get used to a lot of walking, which you're gonna do at any yeah. theme park. But with that one, I mean, it, because the escalators run so slow. It just takes forever to get up and down. Um, but it was a long walk from um different haunts to each other like the one that they tried to liven it up and there that was the connecting piece or whatever or was throughout the park was the um the purge so they had lots of the costume you Mm. know people and stuff like that and it it looked pretty good i mean it worked because it was supposed to be like the city streets and stuff right so it worked a little bit more probably better than maybe some other ones that maybe had to do like i don't even know what's been in the past but worked a little better but you know uh with all i mean i would go back and do disneyland again especially being able to bring in like food and drink well and the cool let me i don't want to keep jumping about figure finish this really quick um so the cool thing about the Mickey Halloween party is when you get in there, they give you a candy bag. And then after six, they set up stations all over the park where you can get in line. They give you free candy. If you don't eat candy, they have like Cheez-Its and like oh, little cool. like healthy snacks like vegetables and stuff. So you can eat the whole time you're there and it doesn't cost you anything. That's sweet. We probably spent like 20 bucks just to get like a turkey leg and like a chimichanga or whatever. Yeah, easy. Yeah. And yeah. then we also went to the uh, Trader Sam's a tiki bit, like to try to get the haunted mansion, the uh, hitchhiking ghost tiki mug, and that was an exercise futility. But we caught a re- some really cool like zombie head ones. Well, when you're talking about the kid, the vampire from Nightmare Before Christmas, I just remember like all these completely like oblique items they were offering from like the haunted mansion Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas because it's just such a huge cult following uh, but it is i mean there is and one also i mean i truly believe no matter what anybody says i mean besides that there's a huge disney culture not that spans numerous generations but i do think with like the youngsters and the hipsters and all the people like i do think that's a huge reason um obviously i wasn't didn't think about when i was a kid i don't even know if it was around but when i went back a couple years ago that's when i realized like pins were a huge thing because of the the uh, pin trading and pin collecting. I was like, well, this probably is what jump started this. Yeah, whole. pretty much. Yeah. Is was there any Halloween kind of just like dress at the at the MG or the Universal one you went to? No, they just had the Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, and that didn't start till night. But it, at least it was it was all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a plus. Yeah. I would have loved that because man, I got tired. I mean, I was already tired. I'd worked. Eight hours, drove six, and went straight there. Yeah. I literally didn't even take a break. I was up for 24 hours yeah. straight. I will say the thing I discovered on this trip that made my life was like the fact that Disney has lockers where you can stash shit. That's sweet. I don't, yeah, it costs money to use them, but thank God because like carrying around stuff all day would have annihilated me. They had – this was at Universal – for some of the rides that were pretty extreme, they had lockers available 
that you didn't have to pay for. Oh, that's pretty cool. Up to, I think, like an hour and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then if you wanted your stuff back, if it was over that time, you know, then you used a credit card. Oh, that's cool. And everything was done with your fingerprint. Oh, fancy. Which was really fancy-dancy. Yeah, we had to do old school, insert your code. So one last thing I want to say, because this is a whole big, like, life-changing thing for me. When we went to Harry Potter, that was when my... Uh, sister and nieces and brother-in-law were uh, when they arrived on that uh, Monday we went on Tuesday and we beelined it straight to um, the Hogsmeade where the school was and there was that's where more of the rides are so I guess they had this ride where you go through the school you know and it spins you around and um, it's not necessarily a roller coaster but it's pretty I guess it's pretty intense so we're going through the line you know, get there nice and early so we didn't have to wait too long. I get right up to the point that you're about to get into the the, the thing. And one of the guys says, oh, you come here, let, sit in the chair, make sure that, you know, it fits right. Because uh-huh. I'm, I'm a big boy. Yeah. And I sit down and he, and he says, okay, now pull the harness over and we'll make sure we have to see this little blue light turn on or whatever color it was uh-huh. to make sure that it can go down, you know, push in my gut. Uh-huh. So I bring it down. I said, that's as much as it's going to go before it's, you know, going to like impale me or something or whatever. Yeah. And he said, well, it's not turning that color that we need to see. Do you mind if I just, you know, push down a little bit to see if, you know, we can make it uh, activate or whatever? I said, that's fine. And he's sitting there, he's kind of pushing on it a little bit. And I said, no, it's dude, it's not going any further than where it is now. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. Then you can't ride this ride. So, what? yeah, I was too fat to ride. Oh, no. Like Kevin, Spick, Kevin Smith's too fat to fly. I was yeah. too fat to ride. So he says, okay, well, I'm, you know, he gave vouchers to all the other people um, that were with me uh, for, you know, to go on uh, a fast pass ride on, on anything they wanted to, like one ride. Because um, after that point, I wasn't going to go on a ride again. I wasn't even going to chance it. But the the most humiliating part of it because I said, well, you know, it's not your fault or anything like that. I didn't, I, you know, I was like, well, whatever. At least I didn't wait like two hours in line. Yeah. Finally get up to that point and then be turned away. He said, okay, well, just, you know, go through this door. I'll, I'll show you where to go. Um, and then you can meet your party at, at the exit because, you know, you said it was okay if they all ride. Well, it went through a door and where they told me to stand... I had to stand with all the wheelchairs and, and oh, no. <laughs> crutches and everything. It's where people get right off the ride. So it wasn't like outside the building. It was like still inside, just on the other side of the wall uh-huh. where the where it returned. Okay. Where the ride returned and everyone would get off. Now, here's the sucky part. And this is going to kind of tailgate into a, another uh, just real quick story. The people who were helping people off the ride, making sure that they didn't trip or make sure they go in the right direction. They were clapping as people were getting off the ride. Like, good job for no, being on the ride. I'm like, you, you motherfucker. Oh. I'm standing here already humiliated because I'm too fat to ride. But you, and now you're clapping for the people getting off because they did a good job sitting in their fucking seats for three minutes. Well, I, I just, minutes. I, I literally thought that story because you kept describing the, the, the scenery and accoutrements. I really thought they were going to be like, sir, are you sure you don't need a wheelchair to get around? We'd, we'd be happy. We provide them if you need it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which like one make, of those hover which, rounds or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, and I'm being honest, man. It's not even just 
anything at your feelings or anything, but I mean, you're not that big, man. No. Like, I mean, you really aren't. I mean, it, it has talking, to be you, like well, some something I'm with the ride some for this, people of fucking Walmart, this, man. But, yeah, for this particular ride, it it was it was like I the way that I described it was like uh, like an F15 cockpit. So uh, tight. But it it wasn't so much tight on me but i mean when it when the harness still came a down fail on the ride designers part i mean you can still secure somebody without yeah because right, god knows stuff. you know right. most like you know the indiana jones ride is like a little jeep thing but everyone can get on that thing even if it's like it'll come down till it goes you know right. but anyways beyond all that i'm not like like super pissed about you know all that stuff but um one of the things about the clapping the reason why that resonated with we with me so much is when i worked at apple i was there for the iphone launches and Mm -hmm. i had to help people and when we started incorporating or being able to activate the phones with at&t we weren't able to do that initially we would just sell the phones and they would have to go to the provider yeah but the first year that we started being able to do everything in, in our little touch pad um and get them out the door it was so overwhelming that everything was crashing and nothing was working so we had to actually churn people away yeah so by the time they're waiting in the, this is almost like the same thing i went through. people waiting in line they get to the very end saying oh i'm sorry you can't purchase your phone today because you know the at&t system is telling us you know you have issues or there's some problem yeah. or this their server's down so nothing was working what we started to do is when when it was working for people, because it'd probably be like four out of ten people uh-huh. that it would work for, we would start clapping for them, like the people oh. who actually got their phones that day. And right away, like Apple corporate was like telling all the stores, don't clap, because you're making those people who didn't get their phones activated feel like shit. Yeah. Like even worse than, you know, mm. getting all, waiting all that time. It sounds like So that's where it, it like resonated with me, and I almost... I almost feel like writing them something, you telling should. them my you, story with that. Um, I think you should write them a letter because, yeah, that, you know, at the very least, they would probably respond to you because that's a very valid, you know, right. analogy. Yeah. Um, so, I'll write it for you, man. I can get free <laughs> stuff like you wouldn't believe, man. I have a way of which being uh-huh. able to persuade people very very well. So So just to just to finish that up, this is this is where it's going with that. I realize that I need to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. So now it is my cult following challenge to myself. Every single podcast episode I will tell you where I am with my weight. And I'll tell you where I am right now because I need my accountability for it. And if anybody wants to join me, not to say that, you know, we're all like need to be doing this or whatever. This is my own personal journey. If anybody out there wants to join, you know, leave comments, feedback, whatever, you know, tell us where you're at. Uh, I am at 283 pounds right now, Mm. today. And what's your goal? So in, well, to Jesus get in that cockpit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there we go. We'll leave it at that. Don't put him on the spot. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy well, no, no, one no, of those No, but th- no, if he's saying accountability, usually they have a, a goal. You know, there's a goal or an ideal or something, <clears> that, <throat> even if it's this at the end of the year or this point. Well, but I think that's no. pretty rad if you just want to do a cockpit thing. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like in the respect of um, that, that you know, that you literally would hit something perfectly like to um, – I don't know how to describe it. It's just usually what happens because I I gained a lot of weight over the last probably like five six years that uh, 
last time I lost a bunch of weight, I didn't set goals right away other than just making myself aware of what my weight was. Mm -hmm. And then once I started losing weight and I, I could see what I was doing was working. Usually once you get about like 20 pounds down, then, uh, then I started saying, Oh, it'd be good to get to blah, 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 blah. Then I would say, okay, well now my goals are, you know, now I kind of know what my metabolism doing, what my body is doing. So I don't necessarily have a goal now other than, I want to know where I'm at. So if like next time I'm not going to, I don't want to say I'm like 283 or I'm 284 Mm. or 285. I want to keep it going down. Yeah. It's good, man. Support you a hundred percent. So right now it's not the exercise part because I don't think my body could handle that. Uh, Right now it's just changing my food habits. Yeah. It's good. So I need to do the same myself, man. Believe it or not, I actually really, Mine is more based on exercise. I mean, I need to change my diet too, but I definitely hear you. It's a it's a good thing. Did uh, since Victor and I had at least one part that was similar travel, where we ended up meeting up in L.A. Well, I mean, I think we could just. Well, no, it's we still should, on theme. What, what we should uh, well, because the other theme. thing, because here's what we could do. Like, you know, we're basically just rating the Halloween experiences <laughs> of amusement parks right now, which is still topical. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go a little bit into the, so you said, which one was your favorite maze at Universal Studios? You said it was the Halloween one. Uh, that one was really good. Um, you know, I don't know, between that and probably the Exorcist, the Krampus one was really good too. So did they have people in outfits or was it mainly animatronic? No, no, no. It's mostly outfits and stuff. That's the way they accelerate the scares. And I think... Texas. So are you walking through a line yeah. and they're like in a little plat- yeah, like but stage? All, yeah. or? No, 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 no. I mean, they're actively in the environment okay. to, to, you know, some hidden, some out and about. Like the Texas Chainsaw, when you come in, you're at the um, at the barbecue restaurant and the, the gas station, which actually just opened. Uh, the real location actually is to open as a tourist destination. The house is already a bed and breakfast or restaurant as well. Mm-hmm. But um, – so that's really cool. But um, they did a really good job. They had um, – they integrate – you know, they integrate the different franchises. So in the beginning, it's TCM1 mixed with TCM2 because – Yeah, if there's they, a restaurant, yeah, it has they, to be TCM2. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, one with the um, – with the the what do you call it? To, like he's Drayton Sawyer. Uh-huh. Who's in the first one, but he's the cook, but he's Drayton Sawyer as in the costume of part two. Gotcha. So for the rolling roundup uh, barbecue, like that's his thing because, you know, they're basically more like a food truck and catering. Yeah. So they do that and then they have um, – you you know, you start going through and then it's like there's a, there's the radio, the uh, radio station scene. There is um, scenes from the remake. Um, I don't really think they're. I don't think anybody really know any of the scenes from the third film, or Next Generation, or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, they they did their best to kind of incorporate Halloween. Like it says, more Halloween and Halloween Two. It's not really any of the other films. You know, there's no Jamie Lloyd. There's none of that. And then like Krampus, obviously, is a standalone. Exorcist is just Exorcist. And then um, Frey versus Jason. You know, it's focusing more on their incarnations in their films. So you have like a demonic Freddy, more of the Ken Kersinger style Jason, but still some of the hotter 
style. I'll just have to hit this up some because I'm I'm finding it hard to kind of visualize what the like. Um, I'm thinking like a tram ride where you're seeing no, it's all a walkthrough and it's all like I said, it's big for people who are into haunts, the haunt scene. If you've never seen a couple years ago, they did a documentary called The American Scream about people doing it. So it's like it's like that's the amateur effort, and here is like professional, but. I, I mean, like I said, my last professional haunt experience was the Rob Zombie's Great American Nightmare, which I bought on Groupon, and as I said, I'm really good at complaining. They gave <laughs> me my money back plus, uh, I think, like 30 or 40 bucks in Groupon wow. cash, and they didn't have to or anything, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, I mean, it was so bad, and I don't, I'm sure the original with Rob Zombie overseeing it or his people yeah. is probably great. Well, there's probably you, a reason they didn't bring it back. Yeah, when you outsource it and stuff, it's not that there wasn't – that was all terrible. But I just remember the Lords of Salem – because like, the House – Devil's Rejects, House of Thousand Corpses stuff was pretty good. The Captain Spaulding thing was cheap but kind of cool looking. But I just remember the – cheapest thing i've ever seen in my life in any haunt great effect but you can't say that that's the it was the lords of salem portion was it was black pitch black walking through a maze you don't know where you're going no phones no lights you know that kind of stuff like oh. that's how you're supposed to experience so you're like the fear of not knowing where you're that's going that's really cheesy and though. i'm like that's like a state fair yeah right? exactly <laughs> i'm like it's a genius if you were doing your own haunt in your house it's like wow you could really make people scared Without any money being spent. Yeah. But then you're like, I, I, I spent money, motherfucker. Like, there's no way I am going to accept this for, I think it was $40. Fuck and that, that was the discounted Groupon rate. Well, I'm, I'm starting to think, years ago, I went on the Eli Roth Goratorium in Las Vegas. Is it like that? No, and I never got to see the Goratorium. I was, that was actually a group I bought. I got my money But it's back. like, it's basically, you go up in the elevator, it's kind of like there's a person in costume, yeah. and then you start walking through, and then you see weird shit, and then there's actors who yeah. are doing things. It's not kind like that. No, no. Be, well, I mean, similar. It's all self-guided, though, and like I said, it's very quick. You wait in line for an hour and a half, but really the entire trip is two to four minutes. And why I think the primary appeal or the target demographic is people not only who enjoy haunts, but a lot of people who are not big into horror or the culture, but really just want to be scared. And I mean, there are some good, there were some good actresses, one or two even got me. I mean, because of the way in which they jumped out. And Texas Chainsaw is the only one. I'm pretty sure that um, they had a posted sign that if you do not, it's one of the only ones where they actually grab people. There's actual physical contact. All the other ones uh, were contact free. That one they actually grab people. And uh, I do they have actual chainsaws or anything? Yeah, they have. They have like stuff. I mean, I don't think it's an actual chainsaw or it's bl- you know non serrated yeah. bladeless. But they had the. Um, Oh my god! Like, they, but the the sounds and stuff. Like I said, like, it's also a sound design and stuff. Okay. Freak people out. But I mean, it was just, um, it was enjoyable. Like, all more good. It's it's just it's one of those things. You do it, you do it once. I I mean, there's people who do Halloween Horror Nights every year. You know, season pass holders who do it every night or every day. And if you love it, great. I um personally, I enjoyed it for seventy five bucks. You know, and being out in L.A. I'm there frequently, but rarely driving. It was enjoyable. I would recommend if you're going to do it again, because I know you kind of you guys this year did a trip that was um, encompassed a lot of different activities. Yeah, I would say if you have one spare night, 
kind of like um, I mentioned, you can do at least a few other rides. It's not as good as that Mickey's Halloween party. Yeah. No, that was a really good value. But if you I get, would do that's that That's a really good value. But yeah, I would get, I would have a huge dinner and drink a ton of water <laughs> and then go in and get on your best walking shoes. Yeah, and, walking will kill you. Uh, this is the one last thing I'll say on the amusement park things, I swear. So right now they're building Star Wars Land at Disneyland, and it's uh, between uh, the edge of uh, you know Adventureland or Frontiersland, whatever it is, and um, Fantasyland. So if you walk where like um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is, there is a huge wall, and there's cranes and construction going on. The way they they integrate because you know they want to make it seem like you're in this fantasy land or whatever, and you're not actually breaking the wall of seeing construction. They built like this like rock face or whatever, where they have like a black like you know tunnel or whatever, and these like uh, wooden cages where where they have like glowing monster eyes, and there's like um like fog and smoke coming out and it says danger do not proceed any-. and the closer you get it starts to growl at you and be, you know like there's monsters there or something so hmm. i thought that was pretty cool oh, that's cool there's one shot here i'm just pulling up a quick video for victor so you can see so here's the halloween 2 scene oh okay yeah so that's them all walking right by. i get you and then here's like uh krampus jumping out got yeah yeah, but I mean, you know, they they jump. I mean, you know, they'll they have the dummy walls, dummy yeah. doors that you can't really tell, you know, and they're they're walking through the framework of the building so that they can get more people. Um so, you know, like I said, it's definitely, you know, this isn't a cheap endeavor. This isn't that you can see why the price is yeah. there. Um and then the best part was at the end of the night Blaze Pizza was open on the cityscape, nice. and they were the only. It was the same price it is in the store or right. out out in like here in Tempe. It's like six bucks for a yeah. pizza. It's like that's pretty awesome. Praise be, but um, I know we did a lot of stuff because we, we when we went out there. But I don't know if we want to keep monopolizing. You know, for well, yeah, we, we'll we haven't that. done any actual movie. We can probably do the recap next time. Well, um, I will say here um, quick because I will be posting some of the reviews. I already posted the one for um, Phantasm and Phantasm Ravager, which were part of Beyond Fest, which um, Victor and I both did see different shows from that, including together. Or at the same time, we saw the Fabio Frizzy concert, which I will be posting soon. Yeah. So I have you'll a be bit able on to that. Yeah, I'm going to do an article on that too because I interviewed him afterwards. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that he, for you guys who don't know, Fabio Frizzy did a. The music for pretty much all of Lucio Fulci's movies, like Zombie, um, The Psychic, The Beyond, City of the Living Dead, House by the Cemetery, uh, Manhattan Baby. Um, yeah, I, everything a, pretty much. Yeah, everything. Very few he didn't much. do. Plus, he did a lot of other Italian horror, spaghetti westerns, yeah, shark you exploitation. Might, most people probably might know him because uh, Quentin Tarantino reused the theme for the psychic in Kill Bill Volume 1 right when um, the bride kills uh, Buck, the guy who owns the pussy wagon, Kill Bill Volume 1. But yeah, it's it was a really awesome show. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah we'll definitely do some features. We'll, we'll talk about some more, and we also did the uh, Del Toro at LACMA, which I will say, do that if you get definitely. the chance. Oh my god, I, I should have spent the whole day there. That was amazing. If you guys live in uh, 
Minnesota. It's also coming to the Walker Art Center there too. I think some other locations, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, it's it's well worth. I only got to spend like two hours there, and I could have easily spent eight. Um, oh just, yeah, there's so much hidden stuff. Like they even have like little iPads hidden throughout that have his whole sketchbook. And like I was going through one that was like he writes in like Spanglish, and there's like little stories and his go along with his drawings and everything. It looks like the Necronomicon because yeah. he does all these little sketches. And then there's too. just like tons of like hidden shit. Like you know, like oh yeah, there's the helmet from Phantom of the Paradise in the bottom of that bookshelf that you would never notice unless yeah. you were like looking. Around and then he has like this is the one cool thing I'll say the the whole thing is set up kind of like a maze, like where there's a center and the center of it is a recreation of a room he has in his house that simulates being in a storm. It's like a rain room where the there's a broken roof with like a storm and then the windows all have like rain. Wow. Yeah, it's another thing you gotta like look up and look down yeah. all the time because there's so much stuff in the rafters. Yeah, and things in the you know little a few spots in the floors and stuff, but just beautiful. I mean, his collection is bar none one of the world's best. I mean, I'd say there with like Kirk Hammett and a few other folks, like yeah, horror, sci-fi, and cult memorabilia. And but you know they had great interactive displays. Um, a lot of people contribute. Like they did one for. Um, Devil's Backbone, which is a cool, like, living diorama kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, with the projection yeah. on it. Yeah, and a lot of awesome um, – uh, some of the most beautiful masks and sculptures you're ever going to see. Like, especially if you've never been to, like, a Monster Palooza. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, here's the one – here's something that's really funny. Um, Kevin from Gotham City Comics, he came to the Slice Some Horror Collectible show at Collector's Marketplace for me and my friend Jesus from Slasher. We're selling stuff on Saturday. And uh, he asked me, oh, did he have the giant bunny from uh, Twilight Zone there? And he was like, no. I said, no, why? It's like, oh, because um, the guy I got my giant bunny from Twilight Zone, the movie, uh, said, oh, you're in good company. Only you, J.J. Um, Abrams and uh, Guillermo del Toro have these that I made. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I'm going to pee. Oh, okay. Taking All a bathroom right. break. Well, uh well, then I guess we could talk for a minute about Beyond Fest then, sure. while Anna takes a bathroom break. Um, so for you guys that don't know, Beyond Fest is one of the other brain children of the people who run the uh, Alamo Draft House. Uh, it has um, you know, Christian, who's a brain officer for Mondo, Spencer Hickman, or no, that's not his last name, is it? Oh, from Death Waltz? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spencer from Death Waltz. Yeah. Um, and uh, this guy who runs a, this theater in England, they also programmed Fantastic Fest, and they do this awesome genre film festival at the Egyptian Theater. It's a nonprofit every year. I think I've been there the last three years, at least for one movie. Yeah, this is my second one. Yeah. And uh, so this time we went out, and I, I went for a couple things. I went out there to see a Big Trouble in Little China with, with a Q&A by Kurt Russell with James Gunn. Moderating, yeah. Moderating the Q&A. Um, I also went to see uh, the Beyond Composer's Cut with Fabio Frizzi, which is followed by a 35 millimeter project uh, of uh, City of the Living Dead. Those are two of the, you know, fr- uh, full cheese Gates of Hell trilogy of yeah. being zombie. And um, those were the two I saw. And Kirby saw... I saw a Phantasm with uh, the entire cast and crew, the restored, um, cut by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot. 
which is absolutely beautiful. Review is up now at cultfalling.co. We also um, were treated to – it was a double feature with um, the new installment, Ravager. Mm-hmm. Um, got to see it a day before its wide release, I think it was. And uh, it – you know, you can read the review as well. But all I can say is I also did kind of a, a mini insert there about the event, which was yeah. – if you're a fan, P-H-A-N, it is um, – you know, it's really one of those things. I mean, it's amazing how many individuals they got from both the original film and its sequels. It is a small core cast, but they still got the cast and crew full meal. They just went all out. They had, um, as I mentioned, I think in the review, they had uh, silver sphere donuts with jelly uh, from uh, red jelly, raspberry jelly from Donut Friend, donut uh, which friend are delicious really vegan, vegan donuts. Uh, donuts. Um, I was in heaven. They had um, just lots of fun prizes. They had a trivia contest. It was just awesome. Um, just oh, I was so robbed on a trivia contest, I feel, at Beyond Fest. Were you? Well, yeah, for um, for Big Trouble in Little China, and I'll tell you this because you weren't there. So uh, they did a, like, oh, they called people up and was like, oh, so we're doing a contest for the biggest fans because what happened is uh, – they made T-shirts up for the Big Trouble in Little China event, which they were shooting at people with a T-shirt cannon. So they were straight up shooting people with the T-shirt cannon. And it's Don't like, mod Flanders, yeah, anybody. Was, yeah, that's what they were trying to do. It, was like, it said something like, this is uh, you know, Jack Burton on the Beyond Fest Express. Like It was a little paragraph, and I wanted one, and I didn't get one. And then it's like, all right, well, we're out of shirts, but we need eight like John Carpenter super fans to come on up here. And we're going to give away, like, a bunch of Scream Factory Blu-rays. So I went up there. Which was the prize, too, yeah. for the uh, Phantasm yeah. one. And um, Brian Collins from Horror Movie, A Day in Birth, Movie's Death, was there competing against me. And, like, it was supposed to be, like, six people. And, like, three people ran down from the balcony, and they let them go up anyway. And it was basically a game of Last Man Stanton, which I've famously already gotten my ass kicked before. Um, if you listen to Doug Loves Movies, I'm on a Doug Loves mini episode where I outlasted Ruby, Doug Benson, and Steve. And, no, I think Steve won that one. But I lost by something stupid because I couldn't think of Caddyshack. So they bring us out all up there and it's like, okay, and Christian, the brain officer of Mondo, he's all like, oh, so here's how it works. We're going to do a John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, at Man Stan. They bring out this giant list. And it's like the person who know, can name the most John Carpenter or Kurt Russell movies with certain caveats gets uh, all these Blu-rays, which I already had anyway, but I just wanted to like win something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like 600 people, right? And so I'm like, all right, I can do this. So they start going down the line. And then like, um, you know, Brian Quinn goes for – or not Brian Quinn, um, you know, Brian Collins – and he's like, oh, Escape from New York. And they're working it down. And I, my, fir- it's, my first one is like, oh, the computer wore tennis shoes. And then everyone starts clapping who is actually of age. Like, and then they look it up like, oh, oh, good. So like early on, I was a fan favorite. And they knocked out, you know, I kept saying stuff like, you know, obscure Kurt Russell movies instead of John Carpenter movies. The Barefoot Executive. Yeah. So we were working through and it got to be like, the last five, I outlasted Brian Collins, which made me very happy. And um, you know, it got to me, and then I said, this is Elvis. And then Christian is like, oh, sorry, man. That's a TV movie. We're only counting movies on the big screen. 
And everyone just started booing. But it, I thought later they released that in the theaters. Yeah, but it didn't count because, according to another thing, it couldn't be any TV movies. So there's two uh, John Carpenter TV movies, right? The guy right after me says Stargate. I had said Stargate two rounds before, and then Christian's like, all right, cool, man. And everyone started booing because I had said Stargate. And then he said, oh, no, he said Starman. I'm like, no, I didn't. I said <laughs> Stargate. And he kept trying to keep the guy in, and, like, the whole crowd turned against him. And it's like, all right, from now on, no one can say Stargate or Starman. And then the guy who said Stargate just started, like, flipping the middle finger at everybody. And I was just like, get him off the stage, motherfucker. Did he win? No, he didn't. Okay, well, then. Yeah. But it was funny. By the time he got to the end, the, there were so many movies that, like, in hindsight, I should have just started with John Carpenter movies and then done obscure Kurt Russell, and I would have won that really easy. Oh, sure. But it was fun, but it was still like a cool little experience. And John, uh, and then Kurt Russell and uh, and uh, James Gunn did a Q&A after the movie was over, not mm-hmm. the beginning. And like Kurt Russell is like, I haven't watched this movie since 1986. It makes me so happy that people actually get it now. He's seen it since then. No, no. He actually sat there and watched the whole movie. Not like he left. He was sitting there with James Gunn. They were watching it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he's seen it since 1986. Oh, yeah. Maybe he meant with a crowd. He meant with like a crowd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was. Because he's done the Laserdisc commentaries. He can't sit there and go, oh, I really like this scene when you're not watching the movie. But like, I think that was the thing because he was really surprised. Like, oh, people were laughing where they should have laughed, and it's like. And then he was explaining like how he pictured. Uh, he's like Jack Burton on the script just is not the one you see up there, and John was all for it, but the studio was just like, oh, we don't like it, you know. And it was just really interesting. I actually taped the whole Q and A. I'll put it up on the. Uh, Definitely. On the website when I do my little review of that Well, thing. get the fucking trivia up, too. Right. Somebody didn't post they, it. Didn't I want to see this. Didn't I they, didn't get the trivia uh, recorded. No, 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 but I, someone else had to have right. I mean, everybody recorded everything when I was yeah. out there, so there's no way. Now, wasn't there something about Jack Burton's character was, like, even less of a hero than he was in the final version? Uh, no, wasn't the that thing, the issue no, that the they thing of make? it is, is, like, on the, pa- on the script, he said that, you know, he was, like, the straight up hero, oh. like, and then he thought, no, this is a Chinese movie. Let Dennis be the hero. And I, what I like is hey, this guy thinks he's the hero, but he's really the sidekick. Right. You know, and they kept changing things in the script to have him l- do less stuff. Like the thing at the beginning yeah. where he shoots and the rocks fall on him. He said that was him and John's idea that right. they worked on mm-hmm. rather than have him like, it's like, I couldn't remember if it was yeah. the other way around or if it was the other way around. But to me, that was like really interesting, mm-hmm. you know? And he talked about how for a while people thought the movie was racist. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. Everyone in it is Asian, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a really good Q&A. Like, 40 minutes worth, you know? Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Got to make it worth that. Commute. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Beyond Fest, is, all I can say is it's just, you know, well worth it every time. I did want to quick mention one of the great ones was Cinematic Void did a special they did some free screenings i mean there's free screens throughout beyond fest but um they did uh um neon maniacs and street trash in 35 millimeter i thought there was gonna be digital since it was free mm. um I, this is the second time i've seen street trash in 35 millimeter i mean it's the king of the melt movies which is one of my favorite subgenres. 
it's still as funny and fucked up as I remember yeah. having not watched it in years. And then uh, talk about like childhood horror films or childhood movies you love that like are completely underrated or unknown. Uh, Neon Maniacs is one of my probably all time favorite well, films. Can, we can segue from that right yeah. into because like yeah, those are is Neon Maniacs even on DVD? Yeah, it actually did come out on Anchor Bay one. It went out of print pretty fast. Um, there was a um, a re release by Code Red on Blu-ray and DVD. It's first Blu-ray release. There was another DVD release in Europe, um, but it's um, the actual Anchor Bay one. It's one of their – when they Anchor Bay still really is putting in a lot of work into finding stuff. I mean, it has great liner notes. Um, but just in – you know, it's, it's one of those films I couldn't tell you. It's it's like the best or perfect or anything. It's just one of those movies I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally get to see in 35mm. And then they had the producer's son show up with props from the movie. Um, so it was just awesome to see. Um, just one of the uh, one of those fun experiences. They had a lot of games and stuff in between trivia. I won a record and stuff from one of the trivia contests, um, and uh, just really fun. They had uh, I can't remember his name, but he always brings with him at the, to like a lot of the events. He has two taxidermy animals. One of them is birthday badger and pack a day possum, wow. which always has a cigarette in mouth, and you have to tell the, we had to tell the. Our version of the the because they were running them one reel at a time since they were on loan from the uh, cinema genre archive, the American genre no, film, film archive. archive. Agfa, that was it. Yeah, Akfa. That was it. I was like trying to remember in my head. Yeah, they don't platter movies anymore. More, but it was you know some people might have been bummed, but man, it, it made it so much more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. So had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then, like I said, I'll be posting Victor Will too, obviously about the frizzy, uh, composer's cut. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, segueing into like favorite films, um, cause it is that time of the year. Um, you know, one of the things we decided to talk about a little bit is, is some of our favorite Halloween movies. Now, of course, <laughs> Adam put it very well in, uh, not Halloween, like, because it's like instantly people are going to say, you know, every uh, that film. is a big pet peeve of mine when I listen to pods. Like, name your favorite horror movies. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, of course. Like, Jesus Christ, man. No, I want to go deeper. Dig D- deep. Deep. So we will do that here mm-hmm. in uh, discussing some of our favorite Halloween movies. Now, I, I assume the caveat here. We're not going to rob you this time promise man that the only caveat should be that i would say it's a film that actually has to take place on halloween oh shit. Um, we can what? still talk we can now still I gotta t- start all over no again we can still talk i thought we were stuff. just doing horror i movies. thought we were just doing horror movies yeah. that's not your fucking text you can you do just me. halloween no, movies because no, yeah no, I, no that was the t- email i was sent or text i was sent that we were going to do about you want me to prove halloween it? films uh, you're purged next no <laughs> i will read from the sacred text you can no read from your list, and then we can you know. No, first I'm the oh, only one say, not holding say, a phone right now. He did now, say FYI. Halloween horror movies, TV yeah. shows, but he did say they're hard to find, only available on VHS. Yeah, or that's obscure. that's okay. What I, I thought was this was the to. Halloween thing. So, but we should do that as well. Yeah. So we can do both. Yeah. I won't say that you were wrong. You said Halloween first, so I really thought you were pushing on the Halloween. You thing. You need to start an activist group called Halloween first. Halloween first. <laughs> Not only had a contestant. Orange and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. None, yeah. Of, none of my movies have to do with Halloween. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool, that's too. Just, like horror. 
No, no, no. And there's I a walk lot. I do the streets scary. at night. I remember Halloween. <laughs> Which, um, by the way, if you're uh, coming, if you have nothing to do on Friday, October 28th, we are. My band Pestle Infamy will be playing the Creepy Crawl Ball at uh, the Nile Theater slash Underground. I think we're playing first, and we will be remembering Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, as it will be an all cover set. So come check that out. But plug, plug, um, plug. I plug. Hey. I, hey, I got getting one for every 10 that you got, so it's all good. Um, but no, I, I, I do think what Adam meant, though, uh, rereading the text again, though, was um, mining a lot of stuff, especially as we were growing up. A lot of these were only shown on TV, we either were TV specials or were, um, you know, as a kind of obscure gems from the VHS era, long gone. So there you go. So what do you got, Adam, since you Me? proposed the topic? I think I proposed. Adam proposes excellent topics. I just can't read. Mostly, mostly the way that I I was approaching it is stuff that um, I when I when I whenever I mention the titles, some people are just like, no, I've never heard of that movie. They've never seen it, and they just need to see it type Mm. of thing. Uh, I have a couple that are just like goofy one-off movies um, that are either uh, satires. Um, just straight up like parodies. Uh, first one is Hysterical from 1983, made by the Hudson Brothers, famously known for doing, I think they did a kid's show like in the 60s or 70s. But they they had this opportunity to do a parody, uh, kind of like, you know, the scary movie type thing, but uh, in 1983. My, I the, vividly remember my dad saying, "Oh, you have to watch this." It was, and it was it wasn't on cable very often, but it would show up really, really late at night. Mm-hmm. And it's PG, like Saturday the Fourteenth type of like you know parody on you know the the horror genre. So mm-hmm. they have a whole scene that has is like the Exorcist and all set up. Um, I. They well, they released it on DVD, but it's not available anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to get a copy, it's like ninety bucks, um, or if not more, I think maybe it was a little more. I just I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I found a version of it way deep, deep, deep in the inner corner of the interweb somewhere. A really bad transfer. I it almost looked like a VHS transfer to digital. Um, it just really deserves to have a legitimate release. I guess the DVD didn't have any special features on it. That might have swayed me to spend, you know, some money on it. And it was uh, four by three, so it wasn't even letterbox. I mean, they just didn't care. Mm-hmm. They just kind of spit it out. So I don't know what where that is in in limbo land as far as a release goes. But uh, I don't know if we'll ever see it. But it's something worth seeking out. It's called hysterical. Mm. Hysterical. Uh, also has Richard Keel in it. Oh, Jaws. Yes, Jaws. Jaws. Yes. Uh, I also have uh, the the Private Eyes from 1981. The Private Eyes. The uh, the 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 goofiness of uh, Don Knotts and Tim Conway, mm. as they are two private eyes that are called upon to look into some strange occurrences uh, in uh, jolly old England 
Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of reminds me of like Transylvania 6 5000. That one is more readily available, uh, The Private Eyes. Um, but it's it's one that not a lot of people that I know have seen. It's Again, it's PG. It's very soft. It's uh, family-friendly, but just a lot of fun, stupid fun. If you like the apple dumpling gang with a little bit of scares thrown in, um, that's that's a good one. The other ones are a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to leave my last. I only have like a couple more here. Uzumaki, a.k.a. Spiral. Excellent. Mm. Excellent. Film. Excellent movie that needs more recognition. Right. Again, one that just people haven't seen. And that was, that was in 2000. Um, that's based off a, a manga originally. And I was looking for that like just the other day. Yeah, Elite uh, Entertainment put on DVD about 10 plus years ago, like right. most of their other releases. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a very... Um, I actually found that film. There's a great book out there, a reference book called Lurker in the Lobby. That's about, was written probably 07 ish, and it's about Lovecraftian horror films um, or Lovecraftian television film adaptions, not just horror, because Lovecraft's adaptions have crossed a few genres. But um, that was one of the top picks was Uzumaki. And um, I just remember watching going, it really is a what the fuck is going on movie. Yeah. Um, and well, because that was around the same time that like Wicked City was happening. I love that uh, movie too. Ring and yeah. um, we're all the, like the J horror. Once like J horror became like you know a pop phrase, uh, that one kind of slipped under the radar. That was more of the people who were looking into other movies that Japan was putting out that were weird and and horror and uh, at that time, yeah, around like the two thousand era. Uh, Meet the Feebles. I don't know uh, how many times I can count on my fingers and toes of so many people who have not seen Meet the Feebles. It's kind of weird. It's kind of easy to find too. Kind of, sorta. It they don't. I believe they don't have a Blu-ray release of it. And if they have the DVD release of it, it's very bare bones. Uh, it, I, I have it on the list for two reasons, other than. Uh, the first one being there's a lot of people when I mention it have not seen it or weren't even aware of it, but also it deserves like extras. I want commentary. Uh, there's just really nothing. It's just bare bones. Um, the version that the, the one of the last versions that I got that was on DVD. Uh, last one is man bites dog in 1992 Belgian movie, black and white black documentary and white. style. Yeah. It's is a great, it, film. uh, that Leslie Vernon movies are rip off of it. Behind the Mask isn't the one where it's like a this guy kind of, but he's more of a hitman than he is a yeah. But it's like yeah. the same kill. format, is what I'm saying. In some ways, t- there's been a couple other films that yeah. were kind of like that. But that it's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those that not a lot of people have seen or that I mentioned they'd never heard of it. Yeah, uh, there was a Criterion release on DVD. Uh, I had it on Laserdisc, which was which was also a Criterion version, which had the same uh, special features as the DVD Criterion version. Again, needs a Blu-ray. Unfortunately, uh, Remy did commit suicide, I think, in like 2007, 2006, uh, one of the director writers. Um, and really, that was the only movie that uh, him and his uh, partners made. 
because there were three directors, four different writers. I just ate that movie up. It's one of the best examples of, even to this day, not knowing if the movie was factual, like if it actually happened. Uh, the acting is just, it's so good and everybody plays a part just right. Um, and it, it, it sticks with you. It's a hard movie to watch, but it's just, it's so good. Yeah. So good. And not, and not, and so far removed and beyond a lot of the, the direct that's out there with people following people around with a camera or found footage type thing. This one is just. They're, they're, they should they should be looking at that one. Well, not really. I mean, then they'll kind of take away from what the movie actually accomplishes. But uh, seek it out; it's very good. Is that your whole list? Do you got any more? Uh, that's what I, I. That's it. Yeah. Um. All right. I got a few because I'm sure uh, Kirby's list is going to make <laughs> mine look really stupid. No, it's not that. I'm actually thinking more of just length, especially as. I didn't expect we were going to do the uh, our uh, the cult following guide to uh, amusement well, parks. Either, I mean, which I'm is, glad we did, but is, it's just funny that um, I never thought we'd get that involved on that one. You know, I think I think people are interested in that kind of thing. No, they so, are. Yeah. It's uh, it's especially on how to save money. Yeah, because man, it ain't cheap anymore. All right, I got a few here. I'm pretty sure none of these are on Blu-ray, so. Um, some of them are easier to find than others. The first, and these are just movies I remember watching as a kid or wanting to watch and never got around to it or just made a impression on me. Some of them are just like movies I watched in the past 10 years that I'm surprised aren't out. Um, and like I said, I'm not making any judgments on their quality. I'm just saying they're worth checking out. And some of them just are really hard to find unless you get them overseas in region free format. Um, the first one on my list, I'm really surprised, isn't on Blu-ray, is uh, this eight, mid-'80s uh, movie called Transmutations. It's also called Underworld. Oh, Clyde Barker's yes. one, yeah. And uh, I always remember this movie because uh, every video store I had had it, the poster of it, which was like one of the mutants from the movie just like snarling. Like, that must be like the best movie ever because it just looks so freaky. And then... It's really about a crime boss who's trying to like stop um, Indiana Jones's uh, buddy Denholm Elliott from uh, you know the one who gets lost in his own museum because he's created like a race of like subhuman mutants that are infringing on his business. It's a really weird movie. Um, I feel like he kind of covered a lot of this stuff in his later movies, but like Clive Barker is very like thematic that way. Where he comes coming back to things. Do you remember this movie at all, Adam? No. Yes and no. I've probably seen it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, and it's just not out there anymore. I think the only way you can get it is like region, like B, like Blu-ray from like Germany or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's definitely. The next one, it might be on Blu-ray. I know it's on DVD and I have it on VHS is a Stuart Gordon's Dagon yeah, it's an excellent. That's film. such a good movie, and I, I'm I'm like a million percent positive that last year Draft House Films put out this movie called Spring 
about uh, this guy who goes to Italy and he falls in love with this girl and he's like kind of falling around and it turns out she's like a mermaid kind of monster, like a siren. And I totally think it's a rip off of this movie. Yeah. Well, Dagon is um, was supposed to be made. It's based on actually my I'm sure I've mentioned a million times. Lovecraft is my favorite author. And the Shower Innsmouth, of uh, which Dagon is based on, is um, my favorite tale he ever wrote. And uh, they had tried to make it because they did Reanimator and then From Beyond. And when Empire was still going, they were going to make the Shower Innsmouth. Bernie Wrightson, one of the greatest artists ever, mm-hmm. um, was going actually in that book, Lurker in the Lobby. You see all his original production uh, sketches and stuff like that. Uh, just an amazing film. I actually got to see it theatrically at the Lovecraft Film Fest, and it was the only time it's ever been shown theatrically outside of Spain where it was filmed. That's crazy. As a tax write-off, of course. But um, it's uh, the uh, Ezra Godden, the uh, uh, young protagonist in the film, main protagonist, is basically is a young Jeffrey Combs. He looks yeah. so much <laughs> like him. It's it's frightening a couple scenes. And uh, just a beautiful, dark, dark film. Love it. Yeah. I'm glad I have it on VHS. I don't think I have it on DVD. And I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure it's not out on Blu-ray. It's not on and Blu-ray, not, at least yeah. not anywhere domestically, yeah. yeah. And uh, that that Dagon was on my list and I did look it up. And yeah, like the you know, the DVD itself is going for a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, I bought I got the VHS at like this uh, house of use place in Mesa and it was like two bucks yeah, i was deal. like dude i because I, I the second i said I was like how the fuck is this still here crab <laughs> you know I, i'm like i'm on a vhs kick right now but i'm actually watching them i'm not shelf collecting which is a whole topic we can get into another time um so another one that's not on dvd well it's on a shitty german blu-ray is a uh, rawhead rex it's not a great movie guys i remember yeah, having this on vhs it's important because this movie was so bad that uh, Clive Barker went and did Hellraiser himself. Yeah, that and transmutation. Yeah. He was so upset. Yeah. yeah I was going to make that point earlier when we talked the about it. The pictures of this, the stills of this movie look awesome. Like, oh, Rawhead Rex looks so cool. But the actual thing, it looks like a guy wearing like a rubber mask, you know. But it's still a cool movie to watch at least once. Yeah. If you ever get a chance. I it's know, on daily motion. If I know really Adam's a it. big fan, I'm sure, is... Um, uh, the epic comics adaption yeah. of Rawhead Rex is amazing with Clive Barker's oh, yeah. Yeah. original design of what Rawhead was supposed to look like. And it's right. fucking frightening. Um, it's more the Gaelic legend. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's t- the Rawhead uh, and Bloody Bones. Yeah. Just to stay, stay on the Junji Ito kick. Um, here's a movie I'm really surprised more people don't know about is Tomy. Oh, the Tomy series? Oh, yeah, Tomy. Yeah, yeah. I love these movies because, like, Hollywood Video, for whatever reason, back in the late 90s, would have all of these. Right. Maybe it's just, like, a distributor thing. But I ended up with, like, almost all of them. Basically, like, the first one is based on Junjito's comic where this guy falls in love with this, like, girl who kind of drives him in crazy and she can't die. No, because like they're all driven to kill her and kill themselves. But then she just comes back to life like it's no big thing. And then the subsequent movies made it where if you chop her up or dismember her or even her blood, it, each individual piece will grow into a new Tomy that will drive you mad until you kill yourself. And I have a bunch of these. I have like Tomy beginning, Tomy versus <laughs> Tomy, uh, Tomy rebirth, which is crazy because that one's really cool where he's growing her from a piece of hair in a giant like glass tank. 
And then, like, this other girl had ingested some of her blood, so one is growing out of her. Uh, they're just really cool and freaky. Yeah, I haven't seen all of them. I think I've yeah. seen, like, the first two. Yeah, they're actually not that hard to find on DVD, but, like, Tomy versus Tomy sucks, unfortunately. I'm pretty sure that um, Sadako versus... I was just going to say, did you see that one Yeah, yet? I'm pretty sure that's... Because ri- Tomy versus Tomy made money, and that's why they did uh, Sadako versus Kayako, you know? But eh, I'll probably wait for video for that one. Um, but yeah, check out at least the first Tomy movie. They're pretty easy to find. Um... Just on a weird tip, because uh, I had wanted to go to Beyond Fest to see the Riza Rescore uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin, but it was just like too long, too far out. And I had a movie the day after. But a good Shaw Brothers movie that's worth checking out Shaw Brothers Hammer co production, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, where a Chinese monk. Goes to visit Dracula to resurrect seven golden vampires in China because the monk held sway over them. And uh, Dracula decides to possess the monk instead and go to China. And this is set like during the Boxer Rebellion. So um, Van Helsing's great-great-grandson, played by Peter Cushing, just happens to be te- uh, a missionary or teaching in China. So that there's yet another epic Cushing versus, uh, versus uh, Dracula fight. But what's really funny about it is Christopher Lee read the script for this movie, thought it was garbage, and he wouldn't do it. So then they hired another guy to play Dracula, but then his voice sounded bad. So they just got another guy to redub his Dracula voice. Hmm. So that just tells you how important Christopher Lee was to this. But I love this movie. I saw it in 16mm at an underground movie theater in uh, Toronto, Canada for the first time. And I'm just like, it's one of my favorite bad movies. It's just awesome. And my very last one is a movie that I have on VHS, I have on DVD, and it's finally coming out on Blu-ray next month. It's Abel Ferrara's 1993 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers called Body Snatchers, The Invasion Continues. And it's a really good movie. Uh, Abel Ferrara directed as like Forrest Whitaker, Gabrielle Amoir, Billy Worth, who is one of the vampires in The Lost Boys. Boys. I, it's like an Arlie Ermey, and basically the... The alien pods land on a military base and take over the military. So you can't really tell if they're just really disciplined or they're alien pod people. And I thought it was really smart. I think it's one of those movies that's a little ahead of its time. It's yeah. a million, million times better than uh, Invasion, that shitty uh, Nicole Kidman. Well, uh, of course, yeah. But, yeah, it's just like this movie, like when it came out in theaters, I actually saw it because the theater by my house, the – Mandela almost six was like one of only six theaters in the whole country. The movie got dumped to, and it was just sad. The other movie that I'll say right at the end that I I, I got to see that I also love that was a that was a victim of a similar fate was Midnight Meat Train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually going to be on my list. All right, so we'll cut to you. Oh no 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 no, no I, that's all I was no gonna say no because I actually thought that was a great segue to say the whole thing about a dump movie because. I remember calling, this is before I had a smartphone, so like if I wasn't home, I couldn't get on the computer to look at stuff, and this would, was 2008, I um, uh, had a cell phone, but it was just like a flip phone at the time, you know, it was as basic as can be, and um, I remember calling every theater because I couldn't find out where Midnight Me Train was playing, yeah. and it was at the Superstition yeah, Strings. Superstition Strings we uh, were picture probably, show. We yeah. were probably all sitting in the theater at the same time. We probably yeah. were. Um, but it was, I remember going to see an opening day and, um, always one of my favorite stories from books of blood. 
and it is literally a perfect adaptation. I mean, it is flawless. Um, Vinnie Jones is mahogany. He's so good in that. He is so good. Um, and just great. Just a perfect movie. One of the goriest films. 2007, 2008 had some great gore. Um, like, not just cheesy, but I mean, actually, like, wow, this is pretty abrasive. But it's not the gore that makes the film. It's it's the the story and the ideal. Barker always has these ideas of lineages and cabals and secret societies and underground uh catacombs and all that probably partially from his upbringing Missouri. Yeah. but i do think he is just um they just nailed that one yeah i have it on dvd it's bullshit it's not out on blu-ray it is on blu-ray it is yeah. when did it come yeah. out on blu-ray oh uh, yeah i have it it's the way to see it because it was it was shot so well and oh, so nice. high depth i'll have to get yeah, that it then. looks great um I actually defend. I'm actually a huge fan of Behind the Mask, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, It's definitely an acquired taste for a lot of people. um, But I really think what they went for in the first half, um, documentary style, uh, kind of like the Man Bites Dog and stuff. um, You know, it's one of those ones like saying Blair Witch is a ripoff of Campbell Holocaust or Last Broadcast or something. I mean, is definitely an influence whether they acknowledge it or not. And Behind the Mask has some influences. But uh, my favorite part, I do think it's a great film. I think it's a great story. I think it's really funny. But the second half being like a real 80s slasher style and the midpoint with um, threaded throughout. Robert England, one of my favorite performances is him playing Donald Pleasance as Sam Loomis throughout the whole movie. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Um, he does it so well. Um, a film I recently reconnected with um, that I have not seen, or I, you know, it's one of those ones I don't actually remember if I saw it when I was young. I definitely remember the trailer, but it had a spotty release history. Is uh, one of the great lost Joe Dante movies, which is Matinee. Oh, oh right, that just yeah. came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, and um, I actually got to see it on Laserdisc, which is the only way my uh, my good friend Mister B he's got it. On, um, he has an amazing Laserdisc collection, so you get to see a lot of versions of films and, and whatnot. And that's the only one. Now, this Blu-ray may have it too, but up until that point, it was the only one that had the full-length film, Mant, that's in matinee. Oh, oh right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it was um, cool to see that as well. I wonder if it, it's Arrow put it out. So oh, might, probably. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I haven't. I didn't even know it was coming out. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of even as we were talking earlier, I know I mentioned some about um, – Man, some of the best releases ever. I when I was talking about Neon Maniacs were Anchor Bay DVDs in the uh, late '90s, early aughts, and um, uh, definitely a few of those I'll mention here throughout, as well as Shriek Show, yeah. Media Blasters is another great company. I mentioned Code Red, so a few of these um, you're not going to find because they're out of print for various reasons, or are commanding those ludicrous pi- prices, like Adam mentioned, but. Um, hopefully you can find some of these. Um, I'll say two films I'd watch as a double feature of Backwoods Mayhem um, that I absolutely think are two of the best films that no one talks about is um, Just Before Dawn, which is uh, Jeff Lieberman who did Blue Sunshine, mm-hmm. um, which is probably my pick for number one Blu-ray uh, um, re-release of the year so far, one of them, uh, the re-release of Blue Sunshine. He also did Squirm, um, uh, Remote Control, and uh, he's done a few other ones, um, but one of his most famous is uh, Just Before Dawn. I mean, it's it's got George Kennedy in it. It's a very slow burn in spots. Ooh, greasy but, George yeah, Kennedy. 
total I like any him hate. in this terrible horror movie called The Uninvited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's real um haystacky, but he's also kind of the um crazy Ralph in this film, but serious. He's not actually crazy. He just knows what's what's out there. Um the one of the most intense endings I've ever seen in a movie mm. ever. Um blew me away. And uh, talking about intensity on the flip side of that is the film Rituals which came out uh code red released a while back finally in a proper release and uh, it's it's like deliverance in the same way of the but it is just so exhausting to watch in respect i mean i don't know where they thought i mean this is literally not just a it's a horror film about the the what lies within men as you know is you know kind of what evil lurks in the hearts of men as well as what they overcome um very heart of darkness joseph conrad style you know um loved it um uh get to a couple uh, another serious kind of one i'll try to get some more fun ones but uh great alan ormsby uh bob uh clark film uh before they did um Children shouldn't play the dead things. Before Bob Clark did Black Christmas, uh, they made a film called Death Dream, mm-hmm. which is a Vietnam vet coming back. It's a twist on the monkey's paw tale. Um, and absolutely amazing film. Uh, very, very uh, wrenching, but really good. Would check it out. A uh, couple films with controversy um, that I enjoy. Uh, one just got released, uh, Shout Factory, a little bit ago, is The Beast Within. Mm-hmm. which is tom holland um this film and like i said i'm not trying to I, I i could pick some more obscure stuff i mean i have to look through thousands of dvds that i've gotten blu-rays well there's no I'm just, reason to be obscure yeah i'm just trying to go obscure. off i don't know no, that's what i'm saying i'm yeah. like i could do some more obscure stuff but i really want people to see some of these movies that have either just gotten a re-release um, yeah. and are worth checking out um the one you're not gonna find anywhere um without a bootleg or on uh the internet is clown house um, maybe it's timely right now with uh, current events regarding clowns. Um, I actually think this is a great film, despite its very, very um, you know tragic history of it, um, of its lead actor and the director. Um, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, the film itself, I think, is very minimalist and very creepy. Um, so I do enjoy that. Um, for Italian horror... Wait, what happened? You said there was um, a tragedy something well, or other. And you just so I, I, it's, there's no point in hiding around and stuff. And there's a lot of people, get, including myself, I think I've been called an apologist for this, but um, Victor Salva, who's director of Jeepers oh, Creepers. Right, right, oh, okay. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we, we're all good here? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if the listeners are. Child just, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, Victor Salva... Um, uh, who made Powder Jeepers Creepers if, if people do not know is a convicted sex offender and the reason he is is because Nathan Winters the star of Clown House in his previous short film uh, Something in the Basement um, was uh, molested by Victor Salva horrible crime um, you know it's there's there's no excuse uh, it's not an apology um, it is uh, he did time for it whether you consider it to be enough or not is a matter of personal opinion. And, um, you know, there's some people, it, it's not about being forgivable because it's not, but that could be said for a lot of things. And I just feel like um, people like Woody Allen and Roman Polanski, who also uh, were child molesters um, and still make films and people still seem to accept them, I don't think it's fair. Um, and, I, you know, it's one of those things where I just, it, it's, kind of like 
if you're going to talk about the crimes of people, I mean, like, Mark Wahlberg should not be a film star for his racist hate crimes that he committed in his youth, but he still is. I don't want to, don't want to downturn this. I did not want you to go down the rabbit hole. No, I don't want you to go too far. I just wanted to know, know, and I didn't need you to defend no, 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 but I do, no, 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 it's not about that. I just want to know what happened. Oh, no, 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 well, and I, you know, if you just said, stop there, I'm not. I just did. (laughs) I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it as a defense. It's not about that. I do want people though to know that it's it's worth checking out, but you should go in with that foreknowledge. I I will say this. Pier Paolo Pasolini was a terrible person, but he's made good movies. Sometimes it's possible to separate that over time. But, you know, there's no need to really apologize for the person if you enjoy the movie. Well, yeah. And that's, and, and like I said, in the end, it, you could, it, like, it is fitting just to say you could go down a rabbit hole yeah. forever um, based on various things. So it's not really a point. Yeah. But great film, checking out. Uh, yeah, good luck finding the DVD. I did once see it recently at uh, the FYE that closed down in Tempe, the the card for it. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, damn, I could have had some serious <laughs> trade bait. Right. Um, Italian horror-wise, um, I love the film Anthropophagist. Oh, was, God, yeah. Uh, also known as the Grim, Grim Reaper with George Eastman. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the great video nasties and just a film for some reason I just really enjoy. Me and Sean McLaughlin kept like almost grabbing that movie at um when paradise it's video closed, closed. I, I think he ended up with it but it was funny how like we were like oh i almost got that one like yeah i almost got it too a <laughs> uh, fun one from tom mclaughlin who directed um jason lives uh how friday 13th part six uh he made a fun film uh called one dark night that i i always feel is really enjoyable around halloween and shriek show put out an excellent two disc of that one as well years back um Anchor Bay weirdness. Um, I will put two films. One more serious is Pin, which I remember seeing video stores all the time as a kid. It's more of a drama than a horror film. Yeah, I never saw it, but I remember the name. Man, is it is unsettling, to say the least. It is just bizarre. And then um, years ago at the All Night Screamorama at uh, The Loft in Tucson, I had never seen this film because the DVD's been out of print for a long time until I secured a copy last year at a reasonable price through our friends at Zia, is The Manitou. Oh, God, yeah, The Manitou. Is the weirdest fucking movie I think I've ever seen in <laughs> my life. I swear to God. Especially I, I, seeing I it on 35 millimeter. like I've owned that movie for, like, that's one of those movies where I get it, and then I don't watch it, and then I trade it in somewhere. For all you know, you might have a copy I owned of it. It might, I may be. Yeah. But it was one of the Anchor Bay ones they put yeah. out. And it literally is just bizarre but so much fun it's one you really need to get people around the the room for and because i started with clyde barker and you guys did one and then lovecraft i'll finish with because there's an amazing edition i believe you can still get through amazon uh deutschland is dan o'bannon one of his last films is the resurrected um is a um based on um a story that uh, a case charles dexter ward um that had uh, Chris oh, Sarandon. Lovecraftian yeah, Lovecraftian. Story. Sorry, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. It's got a uh, Chris Sarandon. It's it's got a really great cast, um, great effects and stuff for being very low budget. Um, but it, um, I got to see it has all the different cuts because um, the studio kept trying to make 
Dan O'Bannon make it into a different movie. So it has the mm-hmm. ancestor, I believe, is the original title that Dan wanted, but they may make it more resurrected, more horror. But it's a beautiful box set. Hopefully, like a lot of the Arrow stuff, eventually it'll make its way stateside. Um, but you can get it for pretty reasonable, like 30, Poor 40 Dan. bucks. Poor uh, Dan. But yeah, Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon is probably one of the most bitter, outspoken bitter Hollywood insider you know writers directors producer he just had a horrible time with like getting his vision yeah know, across yeah. and finished yeah if you've yeah there's a lot of stuff in the more brains documentary where dan goes up dan was uh, i don't know maybe i just find some kinship with him but he was crazy as fuck but uh amazing oh no uh, he's, a, he's an incredible storyteller i remember i watched jodorowsky's dune and his widow was talking about him and he like lived a very weird life like uh, i think i remember in the documentary like he didn't have television or anything growing up he would just read books like and he thought that like mark twain stories were contemporary until he was in his teens hmm. I mean, that's a weird way to live if you're that rural where you think Mark Twain and, like, Tom Sawyer's happening in, like, the 60s, you right. know? Yeah. It's it's one of those ones. And there's a few people that you see um, who had kind of bizarre childhoods or unconventional lives up into their film industry and uh, their experience in it. But, um, you know, like I said, there's so many great films. And... I'm even going to quick top it off with the last ones because I actually did. I want to at least mention one for my um, uh, actual Halloween movies. Um, I, I definitely grew up when I was a kid, and I loved the Disney Sunday movie. And my favorite of all time was Mr. Boogity with I Richard Mazur. If you ever get a chance to check it out, I think it's one of those ones where you can buy it DVD on demand or something mm. or definitely stream it for free on YouTube. But it's um, – I don't know. For Disney, it's – I mean, the the setting of the film is Lucifer Falls. <laughs> it was shocking how much violence and, um, you know, just satanic elements were in the film. What year was that, would 86? you say? 86. 86. Oh. So it will be its 30th anniversary, yeah. So I, I was a kid. I, I loved – and it had a second film. It was Bride of Boogity. Uh, well, David was... Faustino from Mary with Children was in it. Oh, Christy Swanson was in one of them. Wow. But uh, – that's just one I want to throw out there. It's my favorite, one of my favorite Halloween movies as a kid. I was wondering just, you know, around that time, if it was like closer to like, I think it was maybe 83 with uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, when when Disney was doing more of kind of those darker uh, movies. Like even yeah. The Black Hole was pretty dark, you know, and what was that, 80, uh, Witcher, 81, uh, 80, 81, Watcher in the Woods. Watcher in the Woods. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they kind of went down their own little path of scaring the crap out of kids yeah and they, and like i said it, they made films that people were not expecting and right. uh so i just you know it's one of those ones i think about um that really connects with me still as an adult that it was i recently rewatched both of them on like youtube or something mm-hmm. i was just impressed by how fun they were but to me it's like the halloween spirit i mean everybody can say halloween trick-or-treat all the other kind of classics but it's one of those ones where you know i guess you kind of go back to your nostalgia as a kid um, it's kind of like talking about some of these unknown films, like Victor talking about the one, you know, it's those few that you maybe like Neon Max for me, it was a total chance VHS pickup. Right. I mean, 
See, and we were just watching those movies all year round, anyways. It didn't matter. Yeah. Oh Halloween. no, not at all. Because uh, when I was when I when if I'm trying to think of something that I watched specifically for Halloween, I really can't pick anything out. Even as a kid, I th- I remember the scene in ET when they go trick or treating. That's probably like the closest I get to like saying something is. I would say Ichabod, Mister Toad, for me. Oh sure, yeah. It's one of the you only know, the ones that I really and stuff. Great Pumpkin, of course. Uh, Charlie, yeah, Charlie, Great Pumpkin. Uh, but how different we would be if we all grew up with the Manitou. Wow, that's food for thought. It's true for the next episode. Feed me. That one too is one of my yeah. Still no, there's a lot. There's the lots time. of cool stuff. Like I remember, also, uh, I'd like to do a shout out for the forgotten movies. Like I remember, for a while, we kept hoping like all the boys love Mandy Lane would get a release. True, and it finally did, and it got dumped. But it's still an awesome movie, which you can find on Blu-ray, even if the director's doing better things now. True, he's still a super nice guy. Um. And what was the other one? The Loved Ones, which you should still seek out. Great movie. So good. So good. And it's gotten a lot of love since he's also gotten big, but I recently rewatched Slither again. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Makes you want to watch Night of the Creeps. Creeps. Yeah, but, but it it's is still good. Just so much fun. I saw it in the theater opening day with two other people, and three, you know, just laughing so hard, like, the, the, I was the mayor of the town, I forget what the actor's name is. This has got to be one of the best parts. Mm-hmm. Just kills it. Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Bank. I mean, all of them are just amazing. Yeah. What a perfect cast and effects. Right. Right, right. Right. <laughs> but I think we covered a lot of ground on this podcast, which is probably very long. But I enjoyed it, and I think uh, <laughs> it's that long. Good. It's only like our usual hour and a half. It feels like we talked about minutes. a lot. Hour forty-five. Yeah, yeah, it's still pretty good. That's good. But we have a lot of stuff coming up on the website that you heard us touch on. So um, if there's some specific Halloween amusement park stuff you think we should have checked out while we were on our adventures, please let us know. If there's cool like Halloween haunts or mazes in Phoenix that uh. We should check out. I'd be interested to hear about that. Um, if you guys like Lucha Libre or wrestling, FYI, uh, Lucha Underground is doing a special show this Sunday at the Arizona State Fair. See Ray Mysterio Jr. Pentagon. Lots of cool stuff. It's free with your regular fair admission. I'm thinking of checking it out. Um, we also have uh, Donnie Darko going on this Saturday at uh, Cult Classics. Uh, tickets available at Z Records on our site, coldclassicsaz.com as well. We got just posted our VIP shirts. Pretty cool. Um, we got some cool stuff coming up on the horizon in November, as they would say in Spanish. Um, and just let us know. If you like this podcast, let us know what you're thinking about, what you'd like to see us chat about as uh, you know we get closer to the end of the year. We're going to start to talk about the best of 2016 eventually. Which is, I don't know if it's going to be a short list or a big list at this point. Oh no, we're not even into you know the big thick of the fall season. I know, but we are getting where they're starting to get the important movies coming at us. Right. I just wish I'd been able to go see everything at Beyond Fest because I think I'd instead of spending the rest of the year tracking them down. Right. Well, most of that stuff is going to hit anyway sooner or yeah. later. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see the arrival, which sounds like it's going to be really good. Um, 
but yeah, um, keep in touch with what we're doing on our Twitter at Cult Classics AZ, also Instagram, Cult Classics AZ, Cult Following AZ. And um, if you're really interested in our writing, we always have cool stuff at cultfollowing.co, which is where our archives are. We also got Adam's other podcast on there, which Star Wars is coming up soon. Are we going to see that come back? I don't know. You we'll don't, see what happens. We'll see what happens. Thanks but, to everybody who came out to Beetlejuice, by the way. That was one of the best shows we've ever done. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The cosplay was pretty insane. Like, whoa, like, what, what's going on here? The cosplay game went way up. Way up. Yeah. Cool. And what else we got coming up? Our other feature? Yeah, Donnie Darko on Saturday. Yep. Yep. But uh, until next time, we're going to rest up for more chatting on movies. Um, we just, I just posted a review of American Honey up on the site. I should have a review for uh, The Accountant on there as well, which is well worth checking out. Miss Peregrine, eh, I'm still not sure how I felt about that movie. But next time we'll actually talk about contemporary movies, at least for a little bit. But until then, I'm Victor Marino along with Adam Murkowski. Meow. And Kirby Nelson. Happy Edge Day, brothers and sisters. Yeah, and until next time, remember, if you ever get stuck by fish hooks, Jesus wept. Cinema! 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 Mon existence Et toi, Gabin Fils de Lucien Le cinéma fait de toi Un bon gamin Et que c'est quoi Cinéma